Yeah, I really like this guy. Vintage too. Vintage the pearls. Yeah, I see you got the pearls over here. You inspired me. Yeah. I felt see, like I felt like it was time. Yep. Have we clapped yet? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Do you want to call it? No. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Decent Human Podcast. I'm Evan. I'm Jenny. I'm Chris. That might have been our best opening yet. Uh, that one was like... That was pretty smooth. No issues. No issues. Wow. Way to go, guys. It only takes 20 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually less than I thought it would take. So, to me, that's great. <laughs> that's I think great. we hit a milestone there. We did. Now that I'm here, it has been a great week. It's uh, been quite busy. Um, we're going to get even busier and yeah, man, things have just been kind of humming along. Big budget commercial. Is that what it is for which one for upcoming and past? Yeah. You know, it's interesting working with the, some of these bigger budget brands or bigger budget commercial spots and everything like that. You know, it just, it very, it's very different than working with smaller Small brands. How, yeah. how so can you describe like the key like differences? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like especially with the small brands, usually the brands will have a much tighter relationship with the brand or company that they're working for. Cause a lot of times they're, you're actually talking with like the CEO mm -hmm. or someone high up in the company. Whereas you're working with these smaller or the, excuse me, the bigger brands they're you know, there's a bunch of different people that they're reporting to and they have actual strict budgets and they have certain deliverable dates that they have to have to hit. And some of the smaller brands are usually, usually, I'm not saying every time, but a little bit more flexible. So they might give you a little bit more lenience in terms of like delivery, mm -hmm. um, what they're looking for, because sometimes their brand is still developing. Right. So they're kind of looking for your input, what you can bring as in a creative insight to what their brand is about to become. Where whereas a big brand, they've already, they're already set in stone, like exactly. who they are. So you have to, follow. and also much stricter rules when to follow. you're working with a big brand, I assume that they're on a schedule because it rolls, it flows through the whole company, yeah. not yeah. just like a small brand where it's just like, you know, if, if we're delayed, we're delayed. We're on our own time schedule, you know? Exactly. And I wouldn't say every time, but bigger brands usually plan their content out much farther in advance sure. than small companies. And so like, for instance, uh, Cupcake Wines is what we're shooting with on Friday and I'm super excited for it. So we're gonna have but, Cupcake Wines next oh, next time we So film. much, so much Cupcake Wines. Um, <laughs> and it's like their spots that we're filming aren't coming out until the new year. So we're getting ahead of it. So, you know, a couple is months in advance. Is this TikTok or what is this on? Uh, no, this is gonna be social media, in-store display okay. um, uh, and website. So nice. we'll have print and digital and, but like, for instance, if I'm shooting for another smaller brand, we'll shoot it one week and then the next week it'll be out and posted. Mm -hmm. And that's usually how fast it happens. Mm -hmm. um, but a bigger brand can take typically like months and months. Yeah. I mean, even on top of that, it's like, cause I know like back in the day when you and I were first working mm -hmm. together, we shot Philip Hughes yeah. and I would, Philip Hughes is a big, Phillip big Hughes, brand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but what we were doing was at least remind me if uh, I'm forgetting anything, but it seemed like we just had a deliverable date to get it in by. Yeah. No, that's correct. like pretty standard for a smaller, for like yeah. smaller in the brand, content right? space. It's like 
PR company reaches out. And but there wasn't any like, and then it's like any kind of like rounds of reviews. Like, oh, you yeah. need to have it in by this date for well, a round of review. You didn't get that aspect. Oh, I didn't get yeah. that aspect. You got that? <laughs> yeah. Because I nailed that. it the first yeah. edit. That's why. Well, no, no I'm just kidding. You, they do give you a yeah. round of reviews and whatnot. But if it goes well, then it's usually fine. Yeah. There's not like a specific date that they need it um, launched by. It's just like, oh, we want it by like October or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we want mm-hmm. it in this general vicinity. Um, but I feel like the deadlines on, on bigger shoots are much more like we need it done by this date. And then it's, it's even more complex than that. It's almost, you have to have what we'll do for the bigger shoots, especially. So let's, let's use Wells Fargo as an example. So like once we wrap shooting, we'll develop a post schedule where we have to be available on the days, not for even like meeting or anything, but just to be available for edits. Mm -hmm. So like we'll book out. 20 days of editing and so in case they have they go through it and they're like change this change change this. it or we're on call or something needs to happen or and then we'll have actual strict so we'll have like monday tuesday wednesday will be uh editing days and then thursday's round of review that gets submitted then it has the friday is revision date for the brand and then they'll have us return edits by monday and then monday tuesday wednesday is another full editing schedule and then Thursday will be live editing session. It's just much more structured. Mm-hmm. Whereas kind of like the smaller brands, it might be, we need to make sure if we're shooting on October 1st, we need it in by October 15th um, for final delivery. So we'll whatever send it over. Happen in between. Yeah, whatever yeah. happens, it happens. It's not mm-hmm. set in stone and you have to be available. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. So working with Wells Fargo, did you come up with that schedule or did they, did they like implement um, that? Usually... If it's so, Wells Fargo is interesting because it was two other agencies working with Wells Fargo that brought me and my team on, and so can they you, had already set the schedule, and we you, had to fit into that. Uh, even take it back a step further mm-hmm. and, and break down the chain of command, like from the top all the way to. So I was at the very top. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, was like, was I was like actually at the very shooting. bottom. So, so who's at the top? Because we Wells. know you're at the bottom. So okay. cl- client will always be at the top, uh, which is Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they will have last say in everything and they will uh, make final decisions or anything. But for the most part, everybody else underneath will work together to make sure that there's very minimal feedback from the client. Um, so in our case, it was... Uh, Wells Fargo had their agency on retainer mm-hmm. and then they hired another agency to help produce the agency it. hired the agency or an agency well, hired an agent oh no Wells Fargo hired had their own agency on retainer yeah. which is who they worked with you know for most of their spots yeah for this specific project they hired another agency to help put it together and then that agency hired me as a director and then once we were like in talks it turned out that I was going to be able to support them on the production side. So I brought in my team. So there was three different agencies, including myself working on one project and client being Wells. And that's pretty, I mean, that's actually pretty standard. It seems like a lot, but this, this was the first time I've had two separate agencies. Usually it goes client agency, me or client me. I Um, think, I mean, I've I've worked on bigger, like big budget stuff back when I was styling and it was it's always like multiple layers of teams and agencies I think the hot, the bigger obviously the bigger brand everyone's like outsourced mm-hmm. so that's like not to say that that's normal I guess but like to not be afraid of that that's yeah it and it's just like I think the 
it boils down to communication. Mm-hmm. As long as you have good communication with everybody, because it is a lot of cooks in the kitchen, yeah. everybody's going to have feedback, so many different opinions. But as long as you can be, just let them know every step of the way. And I think that's key for anybody getting into this industry is that don't hide shit. Don't try and get yeah. away with stuff. You just have to be very just open. Just be open. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of times, most most of the time, they'll be they'll be understanding. Yeah. But if you're like, if you have a delivery date and it's due Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. and it's, you know, you're not going to hit that. Don't just not turn it in and be like, try and turn it in by 1 p.m. or yeah. the next day. Communicate it. Communicate it. Just Even, let them know. Like a lot of times it works out much better than you would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we delay even for probably nothing like everything gets delayed and mm-hmm. eventually we push it back and it's it just kind of goes with the game of pushing stuff out i think that there's like one point of like being on time with stuff mm-hmm. and but then also like not getting so wrapped up in the schedule mm-hmm. which is my experience for where i'm at with work um that I'm upset when things change Yeah. because from where I'm sitting, everything changes all the time. So I can get really wrapped up and be like, I need this, this and this. And then everything changes or like things are delayed. And like, that's just like now a daily thing where mm-hmm. everything due dates don't even exist for me. <laughs> it, I feel like it's tougher when you're working with bigger clients. Um, yeah. There are certain expectations that are set. So it's like, yeah. again, to kind of go back, don't be late. <laughs> Yeah. All the time. Don't delay just because you're like, oh, I, I can't yeah. do it because yeah. I was watching a movie and I just you know yeah. took longer. Make that a very rare occurrence. But when it happens, don't just not turn it in on time. Communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Communicate that last little bit. I don't know if we've ever said this, but communication is key. Holy Hello. shit. It's so important. Not even just in like business and work, but yeah. uh, in life. Obviously. Relationships. Relationships. Text yeah. messages. Harding, right. exclamation points, what? liking. I always say this, like, I make fun of your, like, harding and your, like, that, your way of responding, but, like, that is still better than not Nothing. responding. Yeah. Like, acknowledging something yeah. is a hundred, even if you don't have an answer, acknowledging that the the Ooh. question is there yep. and saying, I don't know yet, but I will find out, rather than just ignoring and avoiding, because that just causes stress and... Um, like resentment on the other party and mm-hmm. then you have all like a whole host of issues but if you just acknowledge what's happening and just be like I'll figure it out yeah. I'll get to you oh, no. when I can yeah. I, I would say one of my biggest pet peeves especially on like emails and stuff professional emails is like when we phrase a question or whatever maybe it's an uncomfortable like decision that we have to make on the shoot that's coming up or a decision that has to be made and it doesn't get uh, addressed address. in the next email. I'm like, we need a decision on this. Yeah. Biggest pet peeve in emails. Even if you don't, I mean, it, I think sometimes it's pushing people to like think about stuff and then they, they don't want to think about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, and then I'll have to like, well, I also just like have to circle back and be like, Hey, regarding yeah. my email that I sent on this date, what do you think about this topic? So that's why in my emails, I usually like to bullet point everything. So if I'm writing something out in response, I'm like, if they have a bunch of questions, I write the question, bold it, dash, write the answer yeah. out, and then I move it's, on. It makes it harder for someone to ignore a section of your email because generally, like if you were to send bullet points, I'll respond in bullet points. Mm-hmm. And so if I leave one out, it's pointedly left yeah. out. And I then I'll highlight it in red and yellow I and be like, hey, this one, it out send it I don't to have you. an answer, yeah. Like, what the hell? I need an answer on this one. Circle it. <laughs> <laughs> 
forgot. Any circle and emails. I'll show you. <laughs> I haven't. I don't, I don't write emails. <laughs> <laughs> You're still in Hotmail. <laughs> I just don't write in general. So there's that. I know writing's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I journal every morning. It's all scribbled. Do you really yeah. journal? Yeah, do you have I good really handwriting, do. or do you have bad? When I want to, yeah. I've, I can see him having really, really bad handwriting. Writing it to myself. Really? Yeah, it's bad. They say actually smarter people have bad handwriting. Well, Jill has really, really nice handwriting, and as a nurse, wow. I would not. She, when Usually we were kids, she would field. like sit there at the table and practice. Just practice. I did the same thing. <laughs> did the exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah. I would practice. <laughs> and mine is like chicken scratch. I don't know. Like, it's so bad. I'm just like, if I can understand it, that's fine. If anybody else can understand it, like, even better. But I'm not going <laughs> to do it to please. Do you write in like cursive or do you write just it's like half and half? Mine is two. What? Half and half. Huh? Like, what do you mean half and half? Some of it's like how, regular how letters. How I feel at the time. I'm like, if I don't feel, you feel like a little, my hand. I'm and like, you feel a little bit more rigid feeling, and then like, you feel yeah, a little floozy. Some, and some like, of my letters like, are cursive. regular and then some of them are cursive. It just flows. Really? I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah. I write in all caps. And you were judging us. <laughs> <laughs> I write in all caps. So it looks like I'm yelling through the entire thing, which actually makes a lot more that sense now that I think about it. probably takes you so long. Yeah. You have to like break every word. It does. Letter. I'm really good at it. Okay. Well, can I need a sample? Yeah, we'll put it on. <laughs> have a side by side. Jenny's handwriting, my handwriting, your handwriting. <laughs> I'm gonna make us do it. I'm I'm okay with you it. You better believe it. I have all my practice samples at home. I can bring okay, them. Well, in. you can write a new one. <laughs> we should have a spelling contest. No, I all fail. Absolutely I terrible. Think I spelling. went to like I got second place in like a championship spelling bee when I was a kid. Like how old? Like elementary school. What was your losing word and what was remember. your... Oh. I don't remember. It. <laughs> Evan actually watches it on ESPN. I, I actually do. <laughs> I think they're super... News? Oh, yeah. I think they're super interesting. Spelling bees? I think it's also because something I can't do hmm. very well is spelling. It's just practice. And it's practice, but it's, I mean, yeah, maybe, I guess. But I think it's so interesting when the kids are up there and they're like, what is the origin of this word? And it's like, it's Greek. What does it have any Latin roots? I'm like, how the hell do you guys know that? Well, because that would affect the spelling. Yeah. I mean, y- yeah, I would hope so. Like, I, I gathered that. <laughs> but it's just like how the origin would change how they would pronounce it. Well, so I'm sure they studied. <laughs> whatever. I did get, when I was younger, this is a little side story. Oh, I would get, story. Here we go. <laughs> I remember I would get pulled out and I thought every kid did this. <laughs> Just want to read it, or like preface it. I thought every kid had this happen to them. My teacher would pull me out and be like, Evan, go through this. And you read me a word and I have to spell it. This is real, real true story shit. <laughs> uh, this you is, were that bad? <laughs> and he would like go down and he would go down the list. And then at some point I would start misspelling because it get harder and harder. And I start misspelling. And then he would like write something down. I'm like, all right, go back in. I thought everybody was doing that. That was actually only for me. Because you were just because so I was bad. such a bad speller. Why did you just not pay attention or like didn't I, care? I just sounded things out. <laughs> so you're a phonetic speller. Yeah, just like you know that sounds like that that sounds about right. Necessary. How many how many C's and S's need to be in necessary? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. None of that is necessary. No C's and S's are necessary. Unnecessary. And I'll just change. It just makes sense in my mind to write it out. And you know what the thing is? You could you could read it. You know what I'm writing. King of spelling, right here. Yeah. Necessary. So just spell it, sound it out. Maybe that's why I'm a photographer. You just take you're pictures just of it. You're just filling it out. That's, I get it. That makes a Thank lot you. of sense. Thank yeah, you. you're filling it out. Thank you. Yeah. 
But apparently not everybody had to do that. That was to get me into like a special spelling class. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you are. You're and then fine. we and then we got computers and we got Word. Now you have studio spelled backwards that. upside down on your hat. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, full circle, Did you dude. See the real full circle. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> the realization on your face. Now here. you can just create a brand off of just misspelled. misspelled spelling shit. that you, how you feel. That's what I'm going to call spell it. Spell how you feel. I'm going to misspell, misspell, and it's going to be the brand name. No, it's decent humans, and then you can Sorry. just spell. Decent humans. I keep but I'm trying to like deviate from the plan. <laughs> <laughs> John's looking at us. Like, just like, what are one? you guys He's like, I'm going to have a really right. good time editing Let's this. Let's go back there. to uh, cooking in the kitchen. How do you think... Oh, <laughs> Wells Fargo allowed you to be a cook. Cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about what? Many cooks. No, no. In the There's kitchen. so many cooks in the kitchen. Out of all the ways <laughs> to pull back to it, like how is going back to cook? You're gonna say going back to Wells Fargo, going back to big budget shoots, going back to last week, going back to cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever. I, I liked it. I liked Thank it. You. Yeah. My butt Why do you think so Wells bad. Fargo allows you? To be a cook in the kitchen. Why does Wells Fargo allow me to be a cook in the kitchen? Yeah. I mean, I guess I can understand that. I can understand it. Do you mean like in a sense of like why? Why, why when there's so many like, people? Like, all the, like the level of agent, like Wells Fargo agency, agency, agency number two, you. Evan, mm -hmm. cook, 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 and then <laughs> cook, cook, Evan, cook. sous chef. <laughs> so yeah, why are you over? Did they tell you it? Uh, well, I think so. For this one, it was all TikTok specific, mm -hmm. okay. um, and so our content was to help kind of launch the TikTok. And they came to me because I have a you know experience with working with TikTok and social media and everything. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> and so they wanted a commercial level production, but geared directly to social media. And what's really interesting about this space is that this is something that I'm starting to see a lot more of, is that these brands want to get into social media, yeah. especially like TikTok. Whereas like Instagram, I still think there's a different way to do it than your average commercial. You still need to be much more engaging. It has to be attention grabbing. TikTok even more so. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work the same way that what brands were doing in the past where they would go, they'd film a car spot mm -hmm. on a commercial and then they break it down and make a nine by 16 version, throw it up on Instagram. Yeah. And then people would maybe engage with it, it look good, but it's not attention grabbing. It's not what the platform is meant for. No. And that's where I think this, where this merge was, especially for Wells Fargo, was that we were bringing both of those concepts together yeah. And so I really appreciated that they were able to give me some of that creative freedom to be able to produce these spots that were geared specifically for TikTok. I, I saw some of that. You showed me some of that, yeah. some of the clips, and I felt like it was more personable. It was more geared towards mm -hmm. TikTok. It makes it, it more cool. relevant yeah. to what's happening now. Relevant, yeah. So in that sense, you were like, cook, top cook, because you I actually mean, know what was how to make what they wanted. It was like, let's say... I was trying to think of a good analogy. I, know, I didn't have one either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, as I was doing it, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a taxi company. Sure. That needs a taxi to go. No, I can't. I got no. nothing. I got nothing. But <laughs> they do. I think brands are starting to recognize that it there is 
specific content for each one of their platforms. Mm -hmm. I don't think every brand has realized it yet and figured out what their voice is there. Panda Express is doing a really good job. How uh, do you feel about um, iPhone content versus camera mm -hmm. quality when it's specifically Due for to a, TikTok? Like a social platform. Yeah, yeah, because I'm hearing that a lot or just through a lot of just different people, they're saying iPhone works a lot more effectively than having a whole production mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, just shooting these spots uh, for TikTok, hands down. I say iPhone or just phone, mobile phone. I would like to worked. remember, like one of the first times we were shooting one of our episodes, and I asked you to take a f video, and you said, "I don't do iPhone." <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do iPhone now. <laughs> for the record, you're totally kidding. Yeah, <laughs> you're just totally being kidding. a diva. Yeah. I just don't want to take a photo. I, Chris. Chris seemed bored. He needed something to do that day. And I was just like, just give it to Chris. Like, Make I him feel, don't do iPhone. I can't. I just, I just got a manicure. I just I don't touch phones. Um, the, <laughs> the thing, I agree with you that phone content shot on an iPhone, high quality. So it's not just don't do it with an iPhone 6 or 5 or something. Yeah. It needs to be something that's higher quality, shot in 4K, frames, 4K, all that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, the phones nowadays, I mean, you can get amazing footage mm -hmm. and the built-in stabilization like I, we were shooting a for panda and like we had that dji mobile gimbal thing yeah. where it keeps it steady we didn't need it because the built-in stabilization was so great um but for tiktok i really think that phone content works way better than if you were going to do a full-on production for sure did you so, see go ahead oh so you but you used we use phones. Oh, you did? Oh you, on, oh, you shot with phones the whole time. On Panda, yes. Oh, I no, know. On, well, on Wells Fargo, we shot with actual cinema cameras. So that's where it was that merger I was talking about, yeah. where it's like traditional way of thinking with this new age of social media. Did we you try to it. push for I, phone? On... We talked about it. I did bring it up a couple times, yeah. um, but I think it was just a comfortability yeah. aspect of it and a professionalism that they there was a certain to. expectation of the traditional way of doing things and I understand and it'll take a, a little bit to get there but for Panda you for Panda we phone? used all phone oh. and it was and a, and a GoPro but I mean it's all that kind of in your face it feels like it's from the phone it feels more organic yeah. um, I think like that first kind of stuff person is just, perspective first person perspective it just feels so much more attainable mm -hmm. and um, relatable when you're seeing a brand do that and it doesn't feel so staged mm -hmm. and I think that's so important on TikTok and I think even reels nowadays mm -hmm. I think it's really important on that mm -hmm. that's cool yeah. interesting I didn't know that yeah it was so. a first it was a first time when they brought that up I almost was like giving like a little internal clap because I was like not many brands realize yeah, that it's a little bit and risky right yeah so going to work with clients um has, has have you worked with clients that had more pushback and they're like, oh, we want it this way? Or majority of them that come to you now are more open to being what like, what do you suggest? What do you suggest? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's also being able to read the client and read the room and everything because certain brands are going to be more kind of what we were talking about earlier, like buttoned up about things. More buttoned up, like Wells Fargo has very strict guidelines, guidelines, yeah. which especially in finance, like you have yeah. to follow certain rules. So there's certain things you can say, certain things you can't. Um, with the smaller brands, I think they're a little bit more open, but you know, it's, I think being able to offer an opinion that is tailored to the brand, whether it's 
maybe the smaller brands that come with less of an idea, you can give them a big idea. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're going to a bigger brand, and I, I don't mean to keep on bringing up Wells Fargo, or like let's say you're going to work for Whole Foods or something like that, they already have something in their mind that works so for them. So if you want to go against that. So if you go against it, they might not like that. Yeah. They really might just be like, you're not the person for, for have us. Have you been in that situation before? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... I brought up Whole Foods for a reason. So I was <laughs> I, I was up for a Whole Foods spot. We shop at Air One, by the way. So Air One, sponsor us. Uh, and I won't change a thing that you want. Um, but it, it, they, they have something in mind. And it wasn't necessarily that I gave a big idea or changed the concept too much. But they just wanted somebody who fit what the narrative that they were building. So with the... The work that I have, it doesn't show that. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have what they're looking for for that specific content, I'm not the person for them. Mm -hmm. Whereas another person who only shoots what that concept entails, they're going to be like, that's what we want yeah. because they already have their mind made yeah. up. They and want that's that. Who gonna hire. That's who they're going to hire. So now for you, are you going to go out and try to do that content so to open up more doors for oh, you? Oh, yeah. So like that's... I mean, that's how I run my business since the very beginning. If I don't have something in my wheelhouse, I'll go, I wanna, I'll go create it. Learn it yeah. And I, there's so many other great hungry professionals out there that are doing similar things. And I've been able to greet, uh, make, meet some really great people who are just, they're eager, eager to get into that space. So we'll work together and we'll shoot spec shoots and we'll do high-end spec shoots. explain shoot. what a spec shoot is? Just doing something for free. And like learning building how to a do reel. it, right? Mm-hmm learning how to do it right. So if I want to shoot, like we did a spot for uh, Monster Energy and what that was supposed to be was just like a at home shot on a decent DSLR camera and it was just going to be a, like a quick video. However, I was talking to the owner of an agency and I was like, maybe we can parlay this into some really cool like commercial level, level content. And what we did was we ended up using his studio, shot on a phantom camera and a robot arm, which is usually at minimum like a $50,000 shoot, if not more, maybe even higher. Um, and we shot this big commercial level quality for a small social media ad that what uh, Monster wanted. And so when we delivered it to them, they were like, this is amazing. But it also helped build our reel mm -hmm. and helped build like, yeah. our the things that we want to start doing more. Do you, on on that, when it, so you just did like a social media kind of like campaign um, using like those big cameras and all mm -hmm. that stuff that would normally have like a huge budget. Huge budget, Does huge crew. Does that shoot you in the ass then when you are like presenting what you can do to brands and something like that production value has a huge budget, but mm -hmm. then they're like, here's my budget and they want that. Um, Does that make sense? Like no, they, no, it, they usually it, have a small budget. You're saying. The expectations like the of expectations. what they want versus what they can get. That is, I think that's a tale as old as time <laughs> for clients and agency or like whoever wants something. You'll always get the, I want this, I want that. The big bells and whistles. There's an amazing, there's tons of memes out there, but one of the ones I love the most is um, client expectations. And it's like the guy... Ned Stark sitting in Game of Thrones and it has like the full thing going on behind yeah. it and it's like client reality. It's someone with like floaty tubes <laughs> sitting on in like a little lounge chair. Yeah. And John, it's we're like, gonna have to find that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like that's 
a perfect representation because it happens all the time. Yeah. Everybody wants the world there, but there is budget constraint. Yeah. yeah. Now I think where Naka Studio, I don't want to turn this into a Naka Studios pitch, but where Naka Studios <laughs> is sitting is that we're able to do a higher level production at less than an agency rate but higher than your everyday freelancer. Yeah. So we're meeting that middle ground where you're going to get that cinematic quality, but not paying the agency, a large agency uh, fee. With and that. why is the agency fee much more? Just a lot more people. Yeah. A lot more people, a lot more overhead. So I'm not saying it's not worth it, but it's you're paying for a lot more minds and to be on a project when I actually think fewer minds will work. Too mm -hmm. many cooks in the kitchen will delay things. It's really messy. If, if you have a solid core team that can work smaller, nimbly, they're more flexible. Um, I actually think that'll get you better content and quicker. Mm -hmm. um, whereas some of these agencies, they'll, they just take a long time and it costs a lot of money. Output's great, but. And then on the lower scale, there's the creators, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like there's an agency studio creators. Yep. Um, <laughs> Which is, if they have a smaller budget, then they would outsource yeah. creators, which would make it a lot there, easier. There's just a bunch of different tiers. So if you're only able to afford the single creator, and that's great, but that's that's the expectation you're setting for yourself mm -hmm. is that you're working with a single creator. You're not bringing mm -hmm. in the food stylist. You're not bringing in the wardrobe, prop, all that other stuff. You're just like, you're leaving it up to the creator's mind to be able to put this together. And that's where brands are going to these creators that have something that they see that relates to their brand. Mm -hmm. Whereas they can come to a smaller boutique agency like myself and be like here this we saw things that we kind of like of yours that fit us but this is kind of more our vision are you able to do this and i'm like yes because we'll bring in the other people that'll help bring that vision to life all right everybody thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the decent human podcast i hope it maybe shed some light on some of the inner workings of everything we talked a lot about a lot of stuff today we did yeah well, hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you <laughs> yeah, next time. <laughs> see you next time. See ya. <laughs>